We've pushed it off long enough. The time has come to do our long-awaited series on pop icon Michael Jackson. In part one, we'll explore Jackson's relationship with a 13-year-old boy and his family. We'll discuss the controversies and issues it caused, how the world reacted, and how the situation was finally put to rest. We'll also take a look at Jackson's upbringing and his bizarre relationships and attachments to children. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought tonight's show was about another boring, smooth criminal, don't beat it. Stick around. This thriller of an episode is going to leave you feeling like you just got the white glove podcast treatment. Who's bad? This is Necronomapod. In a four-minute statement, Jackson said allegations that he molested a boy are untrue. He blamed the mass media for promoting the allegations and urged the public to wait and hear the truth before passing judgment. I am not guilty of these allegations, but if I am guilty of anything, it is of giving all that I have to have, all that I have to give to help children all over the world. It is of loving children of all ages and races. It is of gaining sheer joy from seeing children with their innocent and smiling faces. It is of enjoying through them the childhood that I missed myself. Jackson also thanked his fans for their tremendous support and said he'll see the matter through to the very end. I don't remember if we discussed this on a bonus show or if it was a regular Sunday show, but I know in the past we had discussed people who put milk in their bowls before cereal. Did we discuss this before? Yeah. Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. I think we're all on team. You're a psycho if you put milk in your bowl first. Correct? It just makes no sense. I, I agree. Logistically, I don't I don't see the point. Right. There's also people who put there who are team coffee first, then creamer, and creamer first, then coffee. I drink my coffee black, so I don't have a say in the matter. When I make K cups. I start the K-cup machine, and I pour uh, half and half in the bottom of the cup. Don't so, have to stir. So you let the machine do the, the, the mixing for you? Absolutely. Ian, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, I don't use... I drink mine black, so... Same. Oh, well, aren't you guys fucking manly men? We are manly men. Until you, <laughs> you tell us to go outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then no, we're, we're going to sit on our couch and hold our mug of hot black coffee and watch Netflix. Now, here's the real question. Hot dog... Would you ever put a condiment on the bun first? Yeah, I'd do that. Are you pro that? Like your team that? Or you would just do it? Like I put sauerkraut because it, it, it holds it in place. Okay. Yeah. There's a science about that. What about the bun getting soggy? And I'm only going to wait 10 seconds to eat it. So I don't think there's any <laughs> build on time lapse or anything going on there. I think it'll be all right. Is it just for like a sauerkraut though? Like would you do a chili? Would you do a mustard? Would you do that underneath? Or would that be on top? I only feel a need for things that have particles that might fall off. Okay. What if you did a shredded cheese? I would put, hmm, I think under would probably be a good idea there. Yeah. Under. Yeah. And I feel like it would melt quicker too. Like when it's underneath the, the warm hot dog. I and, think that makes sense. Ian, what are your thoughts I'm on I'm not really giving this much thought though. It's no, just the first thing. Neither am I. I had nothing to fucking talk about to start the show. So I'm just <laughs> kind of going with this. Ian, what are your thoughts on the condiments on the hot dog? I would put them on after. like Always. Everything. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. a traditionalist. So sheets, the gas station slash little like made to order food. Some people probably have what are they Wawa's? I think in some part of the country. Yeah. What else is there? I don't know. Mm. 
probably Hy-Vee gas stations. Probably. Who, who the fuck knows? Nothing else comes to mind. Anyways, they have like those little gas stations that are like build your own type things. And uh, I ordered, I can't remember. It was something like maybe even just mustard, but I got the hot dog and I was like, oh, they didn't put anything on it. Like they forgot. Like I was already gone. Mm. Nope. They put it all underneath. Hmm. Interesting. So, there's that. I would never eat a hot dog at a gas station. So I, well, it's I, sheets. It's made to order food. Well, still, and I would. They're, they're actually pretty. Still a gas uh, station. They're not as good as actual gas station hot dogs. Speedway gas station still the best hot dogs in the gas station hot dog business. I cannot comment on that. I would never eat that. They're fantastic. I mean, there's not much of a difference between good and bad hot dogs. If you're eating hot dogs, you're eating trash, right? Like it's hot dogs. Why well, like a more upper scale hot dog? Of course, 100% when you watch your Academy Award winning movies. Well, you know. and, I mean, a good gas station hot dog is is pretty damn good. What about Ballpark? Like or not Ballpark? The brand. Go to a baseball game. Do you eat their hot dogs? Yes. Yeah, those are tasty too. But if I'm buying myself or seeking out a hot dog, it's going to be a Nathan's. All beef. We discussed this, I think, last week. We discussed our hot dog brands. Yeah, well, you're eating the pig knuckle stuff. They scrape off the floor. That's hey, what you're eating. I would eat that in a heartbeat. It tastes damn good. I All don't right. care what's in a hot dog. People are always like, do you know how they make those? I don't give a fuck. They taste delicious. Okay. I'll watch those videos where they make them, and then it make me crave a hot dog. We were going somewhere, the three of us together. It was pretty early in the day, like mid-morning. I can't remember. Something business-related, I believe. But we had to stop at Speedway. And I went in to buy cigarettes with with you, Mike. Mm -hmm. And you picked up two of the Speedway hot dogs. And it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I remember thinking to myself (laughs) in my head, what is happening right now? It's way too early. A, these things are garbage. B, it's way too early to be eating Speedway hot dogs. (laughs) What the hell were we doing? I don't remember Oof. this. I don't know. It was a while ago. I had to go in and get cigarettes and a Red Bull. I remember that. And I had to go get two uh, delicious hot dogs with chili. We were uh, opening bank accounts. I remember this day. But why was I getting hot dogs to go to the bank? Because you're a savage. Am I sitting there in the meeting, just like dripping chili on all the documents? You're a culinary like, savage, my friend. Take, Come on. Why do you even ask? Taking the hot dog to the face while this banker's talking to us. <laughs> I go to like sign. There's like chili on my hand, just getting all over the paperwork. <laughs> that's pretty close to what uh, what occurred. <laughs> all right, that's what we were doing. That was the early days of cooldown media. It's true. <sighs> so, Dave, who, in your opinion, is more overrated, Garth Brooks or Michael Jackson? Oh, I was going to answer ACDC. I didn't know it was multiple choice. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was multiple choice between those two. Garth Brooks or Michael mm. Jackson, the most overrated. Both are awful. Um, I, I'm going to go with Michael Jackson. I just, I, I just don't love it. I mean, some of it's all right, but I don't know. It's just a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love it, man. All right. Well, there's our segue. It's not my, not my stuff. And also, I've been practicing that that sound all day, and I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> oh, there is too. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you do it like you're like a smoker's voice like, <laughs> i can't make that noise i don't have enough beer in me to keep trying yet nah, maybe we'll later there. we'll get there garth brooks also terrible though we can move on i've also heard that both are phenomenal well at least one of them was phenomenal live hmm. great live shows anyways yeah I, give, I have no background on that i don't either okay it's all the stage is yours ian you've been waiting for this one yeah, finally getting around to Michael Jackson. It only took a little over a year. So this to is get, kind of, <laughs> to get here. <laughs> and this is a pretty specific 
piece of time, right? Like we're not going all the way back to his childhood and the Jackson five and all that. We're talking about these specific incidences or we'd be here all week. We're, yeah. We're not doing fucking behind the music yeah. on Michael Jackson. We're just going to talk about the, you know, the juicy stuff. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're just going to get like a, do a brief thing on his life. And then, yeah, we're going to focus on these incidents. And I mean, there's even more, we'll talk about them later. Like some of the tabloid stuff, because it really the tabloid things with him were nonstop. It was it's almost like a pretty much the same thing as John Benet Ramsey. I feel like I specifically remember as a kid, if it wasn't John Benet Ramsey on the cover of those things, it was Michael Jackson, and it always said stuff like Wacko Jacko on the front of oh, it. Oh yeah, and shit. that sounds familiar. Sure. The only thing I remember about the tabloids with Michael Jackson is that time that he like hung held that baby over the balcony. I remember when he that like showing him off to like the media like somewhere and just decided he was going to dangle his baby over the edge of a balcony yeah and everyone was like you motherfucker he was like, just t- it's proud of his kid he just wanted to show yeah, him off it's great look at my baby yeah and then boom <laughs> you're, you're fucking one flinch away from dropping that thing it's crazy that's the only thing i remember like seeing on the cover of magazines i always remember the one where he was trying to buy the elephant man bones oh yeah <laughs> That's good. The tabloids had a field day with that. Most people know, but Michael Jackson, nicknamed the King of Pop, was born August 29th, 1958 in Gary, Indiana. He was the eighth of 10 siblings to mother Catherine Jackson and father Joe Jackson. We vacation there every year, Gary, Indiana. You have a house. Oh, yeah. yeah it's it nice. A vacation home. Yeah, it's a nice. Tropical spa. Mm-hmm. Oh, that place is awful. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever driven through gary that's scary gary is scary what did uh jake tapper say last night it is a dumpster fire inside of a train wreck inside of a shit show something like that it's pretty close <laughs> that's about gary indiana shout out to all our listeners in gary indiana <laughs> michael jackson is one of the best selling music artists of all time with estimated sales of over 350 million records worldwide Thriller is the best-selling album of all time with estimated sales of 66 million copies worldwide. That's crazy. 66 million? Yeah. That's worldwide. Number one right. worldwide. Mike, what's the number one best-selling album in the U.S.? Of all time? All time. I want to say it's like a greatest hits, isn't it? It is. Like the Eagles? That's exactly right. Boom. Nice. Why can't that be trivia questions? <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> Work. And and the Eagles. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> you actually respect Dave. Yeah. Great band. Love the Eagles. Yeah. I don't know why I know that, but. From what I saw, they, they went back and forth with him and then overtook him a couple years ago. I believe closing in, though, was Nickelback, all the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in hot. You're probably right. Take over. Uh, You're probably the right. What um, is the number two best selling album worldwide behind Thriller? Is ABBA greatest hits? Nope. Worldwide, worldwide, and it could be a compilation, or is it? Uh, is it just an actual like album, like just an actual with... album? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Ian, do you know? I do. Oh. Uh, it's probably Britney Spears' "Baby One More Time." That would be yeah. preposterous. I would guess one of the Beatles albums. I don't know though. It is actually ACDC "Back in Black." Second. Yeah. Wow. Oh. I did not think that. Third. What is that, what third? Is that at? What? What is Back in Black at, like numbers-wise? This at, at 66 million? 55, like 50-something 50 right underneath it, yeah. Well, but, I mean, when you get that, like, that's still a heavy lead. Like, they'd have to sell, like, 12 million copies to even catch yeah, it. That's pretty far and, behind, I think. In this day and age. Number three, Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. Ah. That's not great. In addition 
to to Thriller being the best selling album of all time worldwide. Uh, the remix of Blood on the Dance Floor from 1997 is the best selling remix album of all time. Uh, Bad was the first album to produce five Billboard Hot 100 number one singles. Michael had 13 Billboard Hot 100 number one singles, more than any other male artist in that Hot 100 era, and was also the first artist to have a top 10 single in the Billboard Hot 100 in five different decades. So the accolades are there. Yeah. Yeah, and just run through a few more of his... He received 13 Grammy Awards, the Grammy Legend and Grammy Lifetime Achievement Awards, six Brit Awards, a a Golden Globe Award, and 39 Guinness World Records, including, quote, most successful entertainer of all time. How does Guinness World Records, like, what was their criteria to deem him the most successful entertainer of all time? I wonder. Are they basing it on numbers? I think that 350 million records worldwide probably helps. I guess, but like, is that just what they're, I want to know what their actual criteria is. Like you sold the most records you're the most successful entertainer of all time. Like Ringling Brothers is like motherfuckers. We've been doing this for 400 years. Just saying, I just want to know what that, what what their criteria was. Not challenging it. Just want to know. Vince McMahon might have something to say about that. He might. We have to think of a Guinness record we can get. That'd be cool. We're in the record books. Some publicity. Three biggest drunks to ever fool so many people into listening to their damn (laughs) shitty podcast. (laughs) They managed to pull it off for about 18 months before people caught on and were like, fuck this. <laughs> These guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> Michael's inductions include the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, which is pretty crazy that there's like a lot of think, uh, artists that deserve to be in there that aren't. And Michael Jackson got in twice. Mm-hmm. He's like, ha ha, fuck uh, you. <laughs> the Vocal Group Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Dance Hall of Fame, He's the only artist to be inducted into that and the Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame. And just to put this in perspective of money, you know, his career and his legacy, in 2016, his estate earned $825 million, which is the highest yearly amount for a celebrity ever recorded by Forbes. Seven years after he died, his estate earned $825 million. Yeah. Did they sell off a chunk of publishing that year or something? They they don't make that every year, right? No, they did this year, I guess. I can't imagine. They must have sold publishing or the catalog or something that year. But that is insane. That's a crazy amount of money. Yeah, I was trying to look into how that all worked out and for the only from what I saw, there's some really really high profile lawyer that's in control of all that stuff, mm. but that his mother gets 40% his children get 40% and then 20% goes to charities. Mm. So that's how the money split up wow. yearly. Latoya doesn't get any? Uh, according to what I read, nobody gets <laughs> anything besides his mom and his kids. God damn, poor Latoya. I left out. Is that a sister? Yeah. Well, all right, Ian, if you're done jerking off Michael Jackson, maybe we can get to the fucking story. <laughs> God damn. Uh, Ian is way too old to be jerking off Michael Jackson. <laughs> he would never finish. Damn. He would never finish, sir. His hands are all calloused and stuff. He needs soft uh, uh, Ian's soft like hands. me. We're indoor boys. Our hands are not calloused, <laughs> first of all. We have nice soft hands. So Michael had detailed interviews of physical abuse from his father, along with his father making fun of him for his appearance. Uh, specifically his dad would make fun of his nose and tell him he had a big nose and he was ugly and stuff like that. 
this is something that people speculate as to him always changing his features with you know all the plastic surgery things like that mm. you didn't really get the vibe from joe jackson he was a nice man no not at all and like some of those interviews i mean he really we're talking a very abusive guy yeah like beating the shit out of those kids mm. and really big beating down on on michael specifically for his feet you know his, his looks and and things like that we're going to talk about the documentary at the end here and then a lot in part two um the living with michael jackson one but i i really felt bad for him in in that documentary because the guy uh, Martin Bashir that's asking the questions asks him about the plastic surgery about his skin changing colors and Michael just wouldn't admit it that there was plastic surgery or that stuff was he just said he he grew up like the, it was natural like he yeah. just grew up I, I just felt really bad for him because you, you didn't grow up man you got tons of plastic surgery done like that didn't that's not natural yeah, and like he was a good looking dude to start with it was just all it wasn't necessary I think Thriller Michael Jackson's probably the best. Yeah. If I had to judge a stage in his facial features, his sex life has always been in question, along with his childlike tendencies. It seems that the harsh upbringing from his father, mixed with missing out on childhood by performing with the Jackson 5, would lead you to believe that's the reason for his almost stunted mm -hmm. mental maturity. Because he does seem like a child, you know. Just the, his mannerisms, yeah. I also read that that there was allegations that he uh, they gave him hormone injections to delay puberty while they were you know making music with the Jackson Five, right? Just to keep him young. Yeah, I mean that's horrific. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So that might be part of it too. I don't think those are ever substantiated, but just allegations. Michael died on June twenty fifth, two thousand nine. His cause of death was ruled to be cardiac arrest due to propofol intoxication. Michael was on heavy doses of propofol, lorazepam, and midazolam. His memorial service was held on July 7, 2009, and over 1.6 million fans applied for tickets to the Staples Center for the event. Later on, his death would be ruled a homicide, and his doctor, Conrad Murray, was convicted of involuntary manslaughter, sentenced to a maximum of four years he would end up being let out two years early on October 28th, 2013 due to prison overcrowding and good behavior. So not a great ending. No, no, no. The amount of drugs he was, I like, I remember when all this happened, the amount that I, I don't even understand how he even got out of bed and, yeah. and he's a little guy all. too. I could use some propofol tonight to go to sleep though. Sounds pretty nice. I don't think I would <laughs> need that help tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to be out. So with that brief overview of, of Michael's life, get into the 1993 child sexual abuse allegations. The research for this includes the following FBI files. September 16th, 1993 to August 8th, 1994, file from a Los Angeles field office investigation open to assist local authorities with a 1993 molestation case. 95 pages of this were withheld from release to protect the identity of sources that provided information to the FBI confidently. In the other batch is September 2nd, 1993 to October 22nd, 1993 from FBI legal office in London, which assisted in the 1993 child molestation case. 13 pages of this were withheld from release to protect the identity of people who provided information to the FBI in confidence. 
Why is the FBI involved in this exactly? I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't figure out what this has to do with federal crimes that the FBI is investigating. Do the FBI get involved in child molestation cases? Is that considered federal right off the bat? Not unless you're talking about interstate trafficking and stuff, I thought. But, you know, what do I know? just seems like state, you know, sex crime stuff. Well, perhaps he traveled with this Jordan individual. It seemed like they were all pretty tight, right? Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. Michael became friends with Jordan Chandler, age 13, and his family in 1992. Their friendship had become so close that the National Enquirer ran a story titled, quote, Michael's New Adopted Family. The story claimed that Michael had stolen Jordan from his father, Evan Chandler, a dentist who was divorced from Jordan's mother. Chandler was reportedly jealous of Michael's relationship with Jordan. Michael invited Jordan, his stepsister, and his mother to visit Neverland Ranch on weekends. Michael would also take them on trips to Las Vegas and Florida, which interfered with Evan's scheduled visitation with Jordan, because Jordan preferred to stay at Neverland with Michael. I wouldn't like that either. I mean, like the kid probably like, hell yeah, there's yeah. Fuck two off, animals dad. and... <laughs> roller coaster rides and shit sorry i don't want to come to your apartment in west hollywood dad i'm going to neverland ranch (laughs) it was around this time that it was publicly reported that michael would have children sleep in bed with him at neverland ranch which obviously caused controversy in the media why ian it was just a slumber party why is a controversy (laughs) you're just having a pajama party What's his thing? He always said he always called people ignorant. You're ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the children. Love them all right. <laughs> Don't make fun, Mike. Evan's opinion of Michael seemed to change because in May of 1993, Michael and Jordan stayed at Evan's house. Evan urged Michael to spend more time with Jordan and even suggested building an addition onto his house so Michael could stay more often. When zoning denied the addition, Evan reportedly suggested that Michael buy him a new house for them. That same month, Michael took Jordan with him to the World Music Awards. According to the lawyer of Jordan's mother, Evan began to become jealous and felt left out. Oh, poor dad didn't get to go to the Music Awards. This is really strange. I I don't know. We're talking about a guy as far as music is concerned as and as a performer that people see him as bigger than god in some situations Mm -hmm. and he's just going to these people's houses and sleeping at this kid's dad's apartment right like just staying in their random house yeah it's really weird it's like michael i think at least you could do is buy me a new house so we can have some appropriate (laughs) appropriate accommodations for you when you visit (laughs) it's the least you it's the least you could do for yourself right you don't want to stay in this shithole but my house just buy me a house you could afford it You're gonna make and, and, you're gonna make eight hundred and twenty five million dollars in twenty sixteen, <laughs> nine years after you're dead. You don't need this money. <laughs> well, yeah, in the documentary we're gonna talk about next week, the Leaving Neverland, which was the HBO documentary, the guy that did the Michael that when he was a kid did the Pepsi commercial with Michael. They show pictures of him hanging out with Michael, and Michael did the same thing. Would come to his house and like hang out in his bedroom and like do kid stuff with him in his room, like this normal residential house, you know, like something like what the house that I'm living in right now, like just this normal house. And Michael Jackson would come over and hang out in this kid's bedroom and they would do kid stuff. It's almost like he 
with some of that, he's like living out what he missed out on or something like in this just normal setting. That makes sense. Doing kid stuff. It's still strange though. Yeah. A little bit. After this trip, Michael and Jordan again stayed at Evan's house for a five day visit during which Michael slept in the same room as Jordan and his stepbrother. Evan says this is the first time he came, he became suspicious of sexual abuse from Michael. <laughs> this is the time. This yeah. was it. This you're, was it. you're letting a grown man sleep over in your son's room. Now you're suspicious. Okay. All right, Evan. Let's see what you got, buddy. He said Michael and Jordan were clothed when he saw them and never witnessed any abuse himself. But still, it's like, hey, man, it's your house. If you aren't cool with it, yeah. tell Michael Jackson he's not sleeping with your son. Yeah, right. So strange. On July 2nd, 1993, during a private conversation, Evan was recorded saying, quote, There was no reason why Jackson had to stop calling me. I picked the nastiest son of a bitch I could find, Lori Barry Rothman. All he wants to do is get this out in the public as fast as he can, as big as he can, humiliate as many people as he can. He's nasty, he's mean, he's smart, and he's hungry for publicity. Everything is going to a certain plan that isn't just mine. Once I make that phone call, this guy is going to destroy everybody in sight in any devious, nasty, cruel way that he can do it. I've given him full authority to do that. Jackson is an evil guy. He's worse than that, and I have evidence to prove it. If I go through with this, I win big time. There's no way I lose. I will get everything. I will get everything I want, and they will be destroyed forever. Michael's career will be over. Well... Who was he talking? <laughs> who was he talking to? Who recorded this? We don't know. Just some guy's buddy turned it over or something. Yeah, and these are there's stuff like like when I said like where I was reading all this stuff from the FBI files. There's a lot of names that were blacked out. Yeah. All right. So is do we think at this point that uh, Evan was just kind of doing all this as a means to like extort Michael? Sounds. Like or do it. we think that Michael he trusted Michael initially? Maybe that wasn't the best judgment, and Michael pushed it too far, and now he's pissed. I guess it depends on what that evidence is, right? Yeah. Seems to me like this poor kid's in a shitty situation with two fucked up adults. Uh, I would agree with that. Also, where's the mom in all this? Like, come on. Come get your son. She loves Michael. During this conversation with Evan, it was brought up what this would do to his son. He said, quote, that's irrelevant to me. It will be a massacre if I don't get what I want. It's going to be bigger than all us put together. This man, meaning Michael is going to be humiliated beyond belief. He will not sell one more record. So if it wasn't extortion, he doesn't do himself any favors talking like that. No. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the mindset of someone you discovered molesting your kid. It seems like well, yeah, something Yeah, when you say else. you don't care. Yeah. Right, yeah. Like when you say you don't care what it does to your kid. Yeah. So I mean, was this guy just baiting Michael with his own kid to then, you know, try to get a payday? Interesting. Mm, much like the Ramses may have done. Mm. Available in the archives. <laughs> Four parts. Dun, dun, dun. One tragic story. Dun, dun, dun. Who did it? You decide. This is Necronomapod's take on the John Benet Ramsey case. Dun, dun. Yeah! <laughs> that was good. That's pretty good. Beer's <laughs> kicking in. <laughs> now he's waking up over here. Yeah, well, the beer's going to put me back to sleep. <laughs> During the investigation, Evan was forced to admit that he used a sedative, sodium amytal, when he extracted a tooth from Jordan. Because remember, this guy was a dentist. Sadist dentist. It's true. <laughs> the true outcasts of the 
go to school for your uh, degree community and call yourself a doctor. <laughs> Jeez. Do you remember this, the Seinfeld dentist yeah. one? You anti-dentite <laughs> son of a bitch. And if this wasn't my son's wedding, I'd punch you in the face. <laughs> oh, so great. <laughs> Next thing you know, you'll be saying they should have their own schools. They do have their own schools. <laughs> Ian's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And everyone else listening is like, what the fuck? If you know, yeah, if you know Seinfeld, you know. Well, and that's where it ends with. It's the girl from... Uh, um, I can't remember who it is, but she's Jerry's date at the wedding. Yeah. And he turns, he's like, dentist, am I right? And she goes, yeah, not to mention the Jews and the blacks, too. (laughs) And then it's like freeze frame end of episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a great episode. That is. You're an (laughs) anti-dentite. You anti-dentite bastard. That's what it was. I really am an anti-dentite, though. I hate the fucking dentist. It's not the greatest. I don't love them all at all. If you're a dentist and listen to this show... Don't. Don't go ever? No, if you're a dentist and you listen to this show. Oh, don't listen. Don't listen to the right. show. It was a joke, I guess, but now I probably offended them. I thought you were telling people to avoid dental hygiene and visits. Well, I mean, you do what you want with your own mouth, but I think, you know, science has shown that going to the dentist only helps cause early death. So, you know, also vaccines. <laughs> God. He's an anti-dentite vaxxer. I'm not an I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just anti-dentite. I'm going to start that campaign. We're going to the dentist. It's just terrible for you. Just let them rot. That's your that's your slogan. Hey, you know, I just finished that John Adams series on HBO that came out years ago, but I just got HBO. Uh, I think there's something to be said that the more your teeth rot, the smarter you get, because those were some smart <laughs> motherfuckers back then, much smarter than us nowadays. They formed a country, and wrote a constitution. Just saying. There's something to be said. <laughs> What's all that extra time to read and think that you don't waste at the dentist you don't office have to, reading Golf Digest right. in the waiting room? Imagine if, you know, the 14 seconds it takes for you know, us to brush our teeth. Cut that out because a good thorough cleaning is what? 14 seconds. <laughs> cut that out of your day. And then think of all that extra time you have to like read science books. I'm liking this. Okay. Starting that campaign now. <laughs> Fuckthedentist.com. We can make that happen. <laughs> We better get it before someone hears we've released this episode. So sodium amytal is a barbiturate that, when administered, puts people in a hypnotic state. It's almost like um, sodium pentothal, like a true serum. Kind of gives the same effect. Studies done in 1952 found that false memories could be suggested to patients while they were under the drug. It's widely accepted by doctors that this is technically a psychiatric drug and that it absolutely tampers with a patient's unconscious memories. A dad of the year here, drug and his son. Was he an MK Ultra dentist, perhaps? <laughs> hmm, now, we're, now we're talking. Mark Torbiner was the dental anesthesiologist who administered the drug to Jordan. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration investigated Torbiner and found that he mostly administered morphine and Demerol. The Board of Dental Examiners said that Torbiner was restricted by law to administer drugs that only were for the purpose of dental procedures. However, it was found he was abusing his knowledge when it was found that he administered general anesthetic to Barry Rothman for a hair transplant. Now remember, Barry Rothman was the lawyer for Evan Chandler. So this Mm. Torbiner guy is just putting out drugs for whatever reason. All right, well, it seems to be all tying together here. All the players, right? Got a link. Yeah. 
Rothman and Evan Chandler met through Torbiner, who introduced those two when Barry Rothman needed dental work in 1991. Mm. Hey, Ian, did you know Mike's nickname in college was Dental Work? <laughs> oh, yeah? Why is that? He liked to put his drill in every cavity he could find. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Sorry, that was live clips from my college dorm room. <laughs> God. Can you imagine if you could just take those noises from a Michael Jackson song and just take out the music and just hear that no- the noises? That would be terrifying. Yeah. Or awesome. I think we should do a show where we interview all these college girls that uh, Mike took care of in college. Okay. <laughs> interview them, see what stories they have to tell. Good luck finding them. I didn't keep their numbers. <laughs> all right. So reach out to the show, any of you ladies out there floating <laughs> around in the world today listening. <laughs> Can't wait. Trying to put together a show. Call in show. <laughs> All of Mike's conquests. Oh, yes, this is Ashley calling. Mike used to pound me in college. Best sex ever. <laughs> Call me. Click. <laughs> For a couple months, unsuccessful negotiations took place between Michael and Evan's lawyers for an out-of-court settlement. Evan asked for $20 million, to which Michael immediately declined. A few weeks later, Michael countered with $1 million, to which Evan denied. Evan lowered his amount to $15 million, to which Michael lowered his to $350,000. <laughs> I like that negotiation. That's fantastic. I, I don't really think either of these guys know how negotiating works. They're, they're both really bad at it. It's like, oh, yeah, Evan, fuck you, three fifty. dollars Michael, you're not going to close fantastic. it out that way. Meanwhile, that. Evan's asking for an completely ridiculous amount right <laughs> oh you want to challenge me i'm gonna go lower except that <laughs> i love it it's great with both sides unable to reach an agreement evan decided to take the suit to court so civil court right that like this hasn't even been reported to the police yet he's just trying to backroom deal and, and get some cash right yeah this is this has not been reported to the police it's kind of extortion like in my opinion very much so Evan took Jordan to psychiatrist Dr. Mathis Abrams for a three-hour session. Jordan detailed a sexual relationship with Michael that included kissing, masturbation, and oral sex. He repeated these claims to police and gave a detailed description of Michael's penis. It was all lies, Ian. That's not my penis. (laughs) My penis looks like the little mushroom guy Toad in Mario Kart. (laughs) Oh, no, wait, that's, that's Trump's penis. Never mind. <laughs> My bad. What did you say? The little toad in Mario? The Mario Kart, the, the mushroom guy toad. That's what Stormy Daniels said Trump's cock looked like. I did not know that. I don't really know Mario Kart, though. Oh, my God. Mario Kart was awesome. Everyone played it. Even when I was in college, I never did. On August 18th, the Los Angeles Police Department's Sexually Exploited Child Unit started a criminal investigation into Michael. That same day, Jordan's mother, June, told police that she didn't believe that Michael had molested Jordan. On August 21st, a search warrant was issued giving police access to Neverland Ranch. 
police questioned 30 children who were friends with Michael, who all said he was not a child molester. Soon after the search warrant, police told the Los Angeles Times that no evidence could be found at Neverland Ranch to support a criminal filing. On August 24th, while Michael was performing for his Dangerous World Tour, his team held a press conference accusing Evan of trying to extort $20 million from Michael, but didn't include that Michael had made counteroffers. The next day, Michael's child friends, Brett Barnes and Wade Robson, held a press conference where they admitted they had slept alone in the same bed as Michael, but nothing sexual had happened. We're going to talk about Wade Robson next week because he is one of the people in the Leaving Neverland mm. documentary. It's so bizarre. Like you, you hang out with this kid and sleep at his house, and then there's inappropriate activity alleged, and then you have two other kids that you can bring out. Like I sleep in bed with these kids every <laughs> night, and they didn't say anything. It's so bizarre. At minimum, at very, very minimum, it is extremely inappropriate. And where do you find all these parents that let this grown man sleep with their kids? Yeah, that's also a, a rarely discussed part of this whole thing is like, who the fuck's letting this happen? Yeah. The only thing that I can think of is, A, he's Michael Jackson. So he's, like I said earlier, he's like a fucking god to some people. And I believe... It was Wade Robson's mother talking in the Never Leaving Neverland documentary that her relationship with Michael Jackson, that she viewed him as a son, as a second son, that he was as much of a kid as her son Wade, that he didn't that's, act like a grown man. That's still just so odd. It's extremely odd, but that's how she said she viewed him right. as a second son, like yeah. that he was just a little kid. Which seems to be how he viewed himself so you know when you view yourself as a peer with these kids then i maybe in your eyes you don't see anything wrong with it i mean that goes into a whole deep dive about psychological trauma and all right. kinds of stuff stunted growth michael jackson had all kinds of stuff i'd imagine yeah ptsd sure stunted growth and i don't even know what else i think you could say there's probably some major dysmorphia going on with mm -hmm. how he viewed himself and yeah kept changing his looks sure police began a separate investigation into evan that showed he was sixty-eight thousand dollars behind in child support payments on november 8th police searched the jackson family home havenhurst but again found nothing with no evidence the police flew to the philippines to interview two of michael's ex-housekeepers who had sold stories to tabloids detailing molestation they had witnessed those interviews also led to nothing credible the police were accused of an aggressive investigation and turning to scare tactics against the 30 children since no evidence was turning up. Reports from LA County and DCFS show that Jordan's accounts stayed the same, but dates, places, times, and some other details had changed. Did the LAPD have an axe to grind with him? Because this seems very... They're going all out. Excessive. If you, if you or I made these claims in Los Angeles... And our housekeeper left the country. The police are not flying to the Philippines to interview them. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. That does not happen. So yeah, I feel like, you know, like the, yeah, like the LAPD found a you know a big catch in their sights there. They decided uh, we're gonna go all out on this. Well, goddamn, Dave, you shit on the police when they don't do enough work. You shit on the police when they do too much work. <laughs> what do you want from these guys, <laughs> man? Flying to the Philippines? Stop it! <laughs> this is silly. Even the FBI would be like, nah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. 
Maybe because it was high profile and they just wanted to show they were doing their due diligence. I guess. I mean, you know, I'm just supposing. I don't know. Around this time is when Lisa Presley comes into the picture. Michael had met her in 1974 during a Jackson 5 performance. Michael was reconnected with her in 1992 through a friend, and they talked on the phone almost every day. Lisa Marie Presley, pretty pretty hot back then. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh yeah. Google her. I mean, if you if you have a thing <laughs> if you have a thing for Elvis, I guess she could be hot. She doesn't look like Elvis. She looked exactly like Elvis. Her daughter's hot too. I R- can't Riley Keough. I can't speak to that. Remember that goofy kiss from those two on one of those MTV shows? It looks so unnatural. They're like, yeah, I'm not buying this. <laughs> she was okay. Yeah, I mean, she's not terrible. Oh, come on. She was good looking back then. I want to see her daughter now. All right, she's Magusta. <laughs> okay, that's enough of Googling. This is the Mike well, Masturbation interlude. We'll be back to you in 3.5 <laughs> She was emotional support for Michael as the molestation allegations became public. In the fall of 1993, Michael proposed to her over the phone, to which she said yes. Classy. (laughs) (laughs) The media accused Michael of marrying Lisa as just to kind of put ease to the molestation claims. To refute this, Lisa said that the marriage was, quote, a married couple's life that was sexually active. And they divorced two years later. Mm. I, I tell you, Elvis's granddaughter, she rode me all the time, guys. <laughs> Do you think that she, he was only sexually aroused when she wore like a schoolboy outfit? <laughs> Fucking running around the room like Angus Young? <laughs> well, I think there's some... Oh, pa- oh, oh. <laughs> Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We'll be right back. We like to drink beer. A lot of it. After a long night of drinking and talking crime and conspiracies, there's nothing that wakes us up and gets us ready to start the day better than Just Brew Coffee. With a great selection of roast levels to choose from, you're guaranteed to find one that suits your style. Small batch roasted to highlight the unique features of each coffee bean, Just Brew Coffee caters to both casual and hardcore coffee drinkers alike. Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter-tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check out their online store at youjustbrew.com and up your coffee game today. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your order of two pounds or more. And remember, they roast, you just brew. 
Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology, discover the best way to avoid the shave. In the winter of 1993, Michael's sister, Latoya Jackson, who had not seen Michael in many years, claimed that he was indeed a pedophile, saying, quote, I cannot and will not be a silent collaborator in his crimes against children. Forget about the superstar. Forget about the icon. If he was any other 35-year-old man who was sleeping with little boys, you wouldn't like this guy. Yikes. I think that there's some accuracy in that. I think she's right with the talking about if this was any other 35-year-old man who was sleeping in the same bed with little boys, whether there was something going on or not. Like, that just would be stopped. There would be nothing. I I would think so. But I'm also not sure if this Latoya, who hasn't seen him in several years, is really an authority to speak on this. She's kind of the outcast of the family, I believe. Yeah. And I know because she used to be on Howard Stern all the time back in those days with her husband, who seemed to be manipulating her. She's a bit of a kook. She claimed that several checks had been made out to pay off young boys' families and that Michael's own abuse as a child turned him into a predator. She also claimed that Michael had tried to kidnap and kill her. She said that she had proof of molestation by Michael and offered to disclose it for $500,000. Bidding wars between tabloids started but fell apart when they found that the evidence she claimed to have wasn't accurate. She would later recant all of these claims, saying that her now ex-husband made her say those things for financial gain. Yep, that's the guy, Jack Gordon. Snake. During this time, Michael became addicted to painkillers, Valium, Xanax, and Ativan due to the stress of the situation. He had lost 10 pounds and at the time stopped eating altogether. Michael became unable to function, slurring words and forgetting names of people, even down to album names. He flew to London with Elizabeth Taylor and her husband, where he was eventually checked into a clinic to wean to wean him off the painkillers. He was already a little guy. He can't afford to lose 10 pounds. Looking pretty frail at that point. In December 1993, Michael was served a warrant for a strip search because the police wanted to verify claims Jordan had made about Michael's penis. The order required police to examine, photograph, and videotape Michael's entire body. It was explained to Michael that failure to comply would be used in court as an indication of guilt. Mm. That seems a little excessive. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I remember when all this was going on. Crazy. The search happened on December 20th, 1993 at Neverland Ranch. Those present were District Attorney Tom Snedden, a detective, a photographer, and a doctor. Michael also had two attorneys, a doctor, a bodyguard, and a photographer. The attorneys, Snedden, and the detective left the room while the search took place. Michael was made to stand on a platform in the middle of the room, nude, while the examination took place, and it lasted for 25 minutes. Good Lord. That is a thorough exam. What the hell can you... What takes 25 minutes to examine? I mean, I know this kid had a detailed description, but... What the fuck, man? You could still probably tell in a couple seconds. <laughs> right. What are they doing? Like, yeah, that's it, or no, that isn't. It's just embarrassing, the guy. 25 minutes? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's what I mean. It seems excessive. Like, like yeah, you could just look at it and be like, mm. okay, either it matches or it doesn't. Yeah. 
Five seconds. Reports vary in the public as to whether or not Jordan's description matched Michael. At the time, Reuters and USA Today reported that they had an unnamed source who said that the pictures did not match. However, lead investigator Snedden and the doctor who conducted the search claimed that they did match. Jordan claimed that Michael was circumcised, but his autopsy report from his death in 2009 states that he was uncircumcised. That's right, Ian. That kid lied. I was uncut. <laughs> I had a big giant ant eater. That kid don't know what he's talking about. Ant eater is just the worst. <laughs> he's cracking himself up now. all right circumcised penises so that's a thing not for me mike i was uncut (laughs) stop telling lies about me on february 10th 1993 michael revealed in an interview that he had the skin condition vitiligo which causes blotches of skin with no pigments He said he used makeup to even out the color of his skin. Investigators launched a probe into Michael to see if he had undergone procedures to alter the color of his skin. After a grand jury felt there was no match with Jordan's description of his body. Well, there you go. That's pretty, you know, cut and dry. Every bit of investigation or every bit of um, investigatory work the police have done have come up with nothing. Not a thing. At least with this situation. I agree. Even in the Philippines. Even in the Philippines. By 1994, California had spent $2 million and questioned 200 witnesses, but Jordan's claims could not be corroborated. On January 4th, 1994, Evans' attorney filed a motion for the photos of Michael's strip search, saying that Michael's attorneys and the Los Angeles district attorney had refused to give him copies. A few weeks later, Evans' attorney petitioned the court for Michael's financial records, saying that his wealth would give him an unfair advantage in court. One of Michael's attorneys is quoted as saying, quote, You can take pictures of Michael's dick, and he's not going to like it. But once you start trying to figure out how much money he has, that's where he stops playing around. Yeah, take that, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Michael and his lawyers filed a motion for Superior Court Judge David Rothman to postpone the civil case until the criminal investigation concluded. Evans' lawyer filed a counter motion saying it would delay Jordan's recovery and make it more difficult to gather evidence. On November 23rd, Judge Rothman accepted Evans' motion and set March 21st, 1994 as the start date for the civil trial. The judge ordered Michael's deposition to take place before January 1994, but said he might reconsider if criminal charges were filed. On January 24, 1994, prosecutors announced that they would not bring charges against Evan for the attempt of extortion, citing Michael's team had been too slow to bring allegations to the police and had tried to negotiate with Evan. Oh, so someone tries to extort you, but you negotiate to try to make it go away, then it's not a crime anymore? Yeah, that doesn't really make sense. Mm, okay, LAPD. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, though, but once you start negotiating, like, aren't you now just a part of it? I think you're still a victim of the crime. But you're negotiating. So. Like, now you're playing ball with them and I just guess, having a negotiation. But... I mean, if there's no other evidence and you're just basing it off that, I mean, and who mm. knows what the fuck they were doing. This Evan guy's a piece of shit. He should have got a lot more thrown at him. We should have, 
We should keep a running tab of all these questions and then have like the lawyer corner and have our attorney in here one day for all these questions. There you a go. Legal discussion, if you will. Legal discussion. <laughs> we need if answers to these questions. <laughs> all right. We will not be paying. It'll be a privilege to be on the show. We will not be on the clock <laughs> paying $300, $400 an hour. Oh, can we just make that like a, a, a Patreon, like maybe bi monthly thing? Listeners call in with their legal questions. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> I mean, then all we do is facilitate, and then we sit back and we don't have to say a word. We'll have to do a disclaimer, like uh, our attorney's not responsible for legal advice given out while yeah. drinking heavily and talking also, to patrons. Also, we recommend you don't pod. give your real name when you call in, because <laughs> <laughs> you can and will be prosecuted in the court of law. Attorney-client privilege, it will not apply in this situation. Yeah. We'll, we'll come, we'd come up with that. I think that'd be a fun show, at least that, to do once. That sounds great. Yeah. Let's make it happen. See what had happened was this one time, <laughs> not me, but my friend. <laughs> they stuck a rocket launcher up a cow's ass. <laughs> and we all came on the cow. <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Who knows what they're going to call in with? A lot of potential. Yeah. While Michael sought medical help for his addiction, Lisa Presley and Elizabeth Taylor took control of his defense and finances. Eventually, it was determined that Michael's health was too bad to endure a trial, and the case should be settled out of court. The lawsuit was settled on January 25, 1994, with $15.3 million to be held in a trust fund for Jordan, $1.5 million for each of his parents, and $5 million for their lawyer. That's like $25 million. That's 10 more than he could have paid Evan to make this all go away, and we never would even have heard about this. Right? Bad. Also, Mike, you're a Kennedy fan. Isn't there a story about Elizabeth Taylor getting tag-teamed by JFK and uh, one of those Rat Pack guys back in the You 60s? know what? There's a lot of stories with JFK. And <laughs> I, I'm willing to bet most of them are probably true. Every, I tag-teamed Liz Taylor in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> he was just looking for an excuse to bring in the, the era, era. <laughs> I banged that slut in West Hollywood. She loved it. <laughs> there it is. Robot JFK. <laughs> Between him and his dad, I think they bang most of Hollywood. I think you're right. Peter Lawton. Is that the other guy? I don't know. Go I, Google I, it. I remember yeah, reading that story. One There's time. a whole book about the, I want to say it's the dark side of Camelot is what it's called. And it's just, a book it's like a tabloid of the just kennedy drama you mm -hmm. know and then they get into like did bobby fuck jackie you know after ja oh, yeah. jack was killed and there's a whole there's actually a whole book on just their relationship uh rfk and jackie and wow so, i don't know they're on my to read list at That's some interesting. point yeah Eric, watch the teeth watch the teeth <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> A lot of people view the payoff as an admission of guilt, but the settlement agrees that Michael admitted to no wrongdoing and no liability. The payment was for, quote, alleged personal injuries arising out of claims of negligence and not claims of intentional or wrong acts of sexual molestation. That's one way to word it, I guess. <laughs> it's pretty good. The Santa Barbara County Grand Jury disbanded on May 2nd, 1994 without indicting Michael, and the Chandler family stopped cooperating with law enforcement on July 6th, 1994. Jordan emancipated himself from his parents later in 1994. 
and Evan Chandler was found dead from suicide on November 5th, 2009. Wow. A few months after Michael was dead. Yeah. Interesting. I like that Evan emancipated himself right away. He's like, I got 15 mil, motherfucker. I am out. See you, Evan. Bye. (laughs) As he's making it rain out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Go drill some cavities, dad. (laughs) Bitches. How much? How much of that fifteen million you think that kid has left twenty five years later? Do you think he invested it wisely and has lived a nice life of luxury? I would suspect not. I would. I would, <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> you never know, though. Who knows? Maybe. So was he thirteen? So he's what about forty ish now? 38, 39, 40? I'd Be curious. In between the end of the nineteen ninety three investigation and the trial that we're going to get into next week. Through 1995 and 1997, there was a VHS tape analysis done by the FBI. That section was from an FBI file October 30th, 1995 to January 24th, 1997. The file details requests made by the FBI to analyze a VHS tape provided by U.S. Customs Service as a part of a child pornography investigation. Four pages of this are excluded and referred to the U.S. Customs and Immigration Enforcement for release. And those have never been, those four pages have never been released. Mm. So presumably this was taken off of someone either entering the country or having it shipped here, I guess. Yeah. If customs is getting involved, no details of what exactly on the tape are available to the public. Only the following quote, one VHS video cassette tape with Tozai label marked in part quote, Michael Jackson's Neverland favorites in all boy anthology. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> it sounds like someone else just wrote that on there. Like, if if you're Michael Jackson, I don't think you're writing that on your own tape, right? I would it's hope weird. Not. But <laughs> it's if I'm strange. Michael Jackson, I'm not sleeping in a bed with boys. I, I think you are. I mean, if I'm, I'm not. <laughs> the FBI's result of the examination was a physical and electronic examination of Q1, which is that's like how they label all their like any evidence in the FBI is always with a Q in front of it. Like all the Jonestown tapes mm. are Q whatever number revealed that this is a poor quality third or fourth generation recording. The Q1 recording contains linear audio and real time mistracking through the entire tape. The recorder used to make most the most recent copy apparently was not functioning properly, resulting in the mistracking anomaly. Numerous start-stop transitions were observed, but the nature of these observed transitions suggest they were produced during one of those previous recordings, not during the latest recording. But we don't know what was on it. <laughs> it just has a very questionable title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the biggest strange. cock tease of like uh, right. facts or almost facts or evidence. An all-boy anthology. Well, we don't really that know what's does on not it. Sound good? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> It's all on those four pages, man. Someone knows. Someone knows. Remember the show? Do you guys remember the show? Wasn't there a making the band like on MTV where they like made a boy band? That sounds very familiar. Yeah. The like the NSYNC guy, yeah. something. He ended up going to jail forever, didn't he? Until Perlman, he yeah, Perlman. something like that. And he he made a couple bands. Mm-hmm. There's girls right now screaming at us because we don't know the names of those bands he made, but it is what it is. Maybe this was Michael Jackson's version of like making his own band, except they were young oh, boys. Maybe and they, they were naked dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I that's possible. What would they call them? 
see we're all thinking <laughs> what's appropriate what should we say <laughs> what what can we get away with uh, uh, the uh, young dongs <laughs> there you go i mean why yeah. not right yeah. all right all right <laughs> behind the music the young dongs <laughs> We can make these jokes because we actually don't know what's on these tapes. <laughs> if we right. actually knew, we'd probably be like, all right, we can't fucking say any of this. But the <laughs> fact that it was labeled an all-boy anthology, come on. It's open to interpretation. Right. Well, and that's our interpretation of it. It's art. <laughs> this, is, this is our art. Absolutely. Sometime in August 2000, Michael invited Gavin Arvizo, a boy with cancer, in remission, and his family to Neverland Ranch. In 2003, ITV aired a documentary titled Living with Michael Jackson, where journalist Martin Bashir interviewed Michael over the course of eight months. Can, can, I, just, the- can I just say here that first off, if all this shit happened to you with this other fucking kid, wouldn't you make sure that you were never in the same vicinity of a kid for the rest of your life? Yeah. I, I mean, probably a normal, a normal thinking person probably what would. The fuck? I just think, yeah. I would never be in a room with a kid ever again. Right. I, yeah, I wouldn't either. He never stopped hanging out with kids. The, I That's mean, true, we're going to talk same about time, next week. At the same time, he was hanging out with, what did we say, 30 other kids at the time? And nothing came from it. So you're also probably feeling a little invincible. Yeah, that's true. I guess if I liked hookers and I got arrested for banging hookers, I would still go back to hookers. Still, still see the hookers. <laughs> yeah. Especially, you like what you like, Especially right? if there was no evidence found, no charges yeah, filed. That's true. Yeah. Never mind. I would not say you like what you like. <laughs> I mean, I, I might draw a would. You like what you like. Can't help what you like. Towards the end of the documentary, Michael and Gavin held hands and talked about sleepovers they had. Like you just said, Dave, just had this whole ordeal with this other kid. I don't know why you would do this on a documentary. Yeah. Michael said in the interview that he shared his bed with many children saying, quote, it's not sexual. We're going to sleep. I tuck them in. It's very charming. It's very sweet. This, of course, again caused a media storm for Michael with calls that his children should be removed from his custody. And that is where we will pick back up on part two. Oh, boy. Okay, see you next week. Bye. (laughs) All I do is tuck them in, Ian. Then I tuck my pee-pee into their mouth. It's like a binky. It's sweet. (laughs) Oh, man. Sweet, Ian. It's really sweet. It's just love with sweet. It's love with sweet. I love the children. The children. Yeah, that's another one. The children, and it's ignorant. Dave, you're being ignorant. It's all ignorant about these children. I call my penis my binky. Sweet. Oh, God. I dip, it, I dip it in cinnamon. It's sweet. Thank you, Michael. Uh, next week, you're not invited back. You're creeping me the fuck out in the studio here, Pally. Oh, boy. I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about this. Well, on part two, we're going to get into the fallout from this documentary, the criminal trial for, for this ordeal, and we're going to get into uh, a leaked police report from a search of Neverland Ranch and the 2019 documentary Leaving Neverland. And then Dave will give us a detailed top 10 favorite Michael Jackson songs of all time and why they 
tr- changed the course of pop culture. Let's do 50. I mean, why stop at 10? Okay. They're also good. Yeah. Maybe that'll just be a whole bonus show. <laughs> I'm actually I'm surprised ready. we didn't start off with a, a top three of favorite Michael songs. Well, I just knew Dave hated them, so. Yeah. I, Maybe, hey, there's still a part two next week, Ian. You never know. Just a lot of right. it's not great. I like uh, Black or White. That's a good tune. I like that one. I like song. some of them. They're all right. I think I, I have one it's of Michael Jackson's though. greatest hits, and it's probably like his 10 best songs, and that's all I need from him. Like, just give me the 10 top ones, and I'll listen to that. Smooth Criminal, um, Black or White. Thriller is okay. I think Thriller is overrated. I just, I it's okay. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look back and see. Like, what my Beat It's are. a good tune, I guess. Billie Jean's all right tune, I guess. Billie Jean's good. Man in the Mirror, I like. I just find when they make noises like that, like, hee, hee, hee. I just find it <laughs> annoying. It's like when Hatfield is screaming, yeah, in Metallica songs. It's just annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> note to everyone out there, don't make random noises in the middle of your songs. It's just odd. It's I've not been listening to Michael Jackson all week. Oh, of course you have. I'm a big Michael fan. You jerked him off for the whole first page of the fucking agenda. <laughs> yeah. Dave almost quit yeah, the show. Dude. <laughs> I will not stand for this. So what are your guys' thoughts on this story so far with the first investigation, the first claims, all that? I personally think that this... Uh, young 13 year old boy what is it jordan is his name mm-hmm. i think jordan yeah. was put in a shitty situation with two unstable adults in his dad evan and michael um i personally in this situation what we've discussed thus far not counting this um the one the stuff we're going to get into next week that we teased today looking just at the uh, jordan uh chandler incident i i think michael jackson is innocent of mm. sexual abuse or or pedophilia of any kind. I think in this situation that he's just a, mm. you know, suffers from a lot of mental health issues, and I think he just wants to have a child as a friend. I th- think the kid was put in a terrible situation by his dad who was exploiting the situation. Yeah. But I don't think that necessarily invalidates the accusations. I don't know that there's any any proof here, but I just feel like Michael Jackson, the guy who like thought of himself as a kid who was around other kids and maybe didn't view it in that adult to kid kind of situation. So you think there might have been sexuality? I think there's but prob- it was probably something there. His kid to kid. I mean, there could be. I just we just have nothing to base it off. of. No, no proof. And even even Jordan's story seemed to kind of change a little bit once they questioned him more. So. I don't know. And then it's tough with, you know, we get the reports that he described what his penis looked like. And then they did 25 minutes of looking at his fucking dick. And then we don't get jack shit out of that as to what the results were until he died. And then we get the autopsy saying he was circumcised. Uncircumcised, Mike. I was not Sorry, cut. excuse me. Uncut, Mike. <laughs> Uncut. Uncut. Please don't cut me for that. Call me the ant eater, Mike. The ant eater. <laughs> I'm not the king of pop. I'm the ant eater, motherfucker. So I don't know. That's my thought. I don't know. This I just feel like he's a troubled man at this point. My opinion's probably going to change next week. I'm just saying where I'm at right now. It's not a whole lot of evidence to base it off of. And it, it, you know, as we talked about, the police look like they they did everything they could to find him guilty, and still found nothing, and found nothing. And he paid it off. But when you got that much money, he probably paid it off too, man. Yeah, I'm gonna go sit in court and put up with that bullshit. 
But again, after all that happens, then you should not be fucking around right. with kids anymore, right. though. It's which also a makes lot me of bad think, judgment. Which also makes me think maybe he's innocent. If you're guilty, then even more so, you don't maybe dip your toes back in that water. Even if you're innocent, doesn't but that I'm scare saying, the shit out of you? I would. You would think so. But if that's truly, if you're innocent and you truly just love hanging out with kids and that's just who you are as a person and you want to color yeah. and play with them, you already justified, you know, justice was served because you didn't get charged. Right. You want to go back to just playing with your friends? Maybe. I don't know. I don't mean to be like a Michael Jackson sympathizer Thanks, here. Mike. I appreciate your support. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, what do you think? Not counting what I know for next week. No, we're just talking about today. today. Based on this these accusations i think that there's i think that the dad was really exploiting this situation and i find it very very suspicious that he had this anesthesiologist who is super fucking shady administer a drug that is not allowed to be administered anymore to his own son that it's proven you can put false memories into somebody in their head while they're on that that is really suspicious to me that maybe this guy just put all this stuff in his kid's head. Mm-hmm. You know, I, That's good in point. my opinion, he sounded like a jealous guy that wanted money from Michael Jackson. Do you think that's why he, he then buddied up to Michael was like, Oh, I hate you at first. Wait, no, I'm going to buddy up and I'm going to get something out of this. And then just devise this probably shitty plan. Maybe he had a grudge from day one. He's like, all right, I'm now I'm going to get in his good graces and fuck him based right. on that recorded conversation. Right. I lean towards that he saw the fact that his ex-wife was allowing Michael to sleep in the same bed as Jordan. That probably didn't rub him the right way. But then he turned around and when he buddy buddy got buddy buddy with Michael, he allowed Michael to sleep in the same bed as Jordan in his place. And I think that is probably part of him concocting that plan. Yeah, that in my opinion that makes sense. Yeah. You know what did rub me in the right way? Uh. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I mean, Macaulay Culkin. Culkin, sir. I thought the same thing. I was like, well, something rubbed in the right way. I chose to restrain myself. <laughs> I don't have that. I, I do think, too. That's what they want to hear those jokes. <laughs> I think Latoya Jackson's pretty, you know, even though she said what she said was not accurate, her claims. I think what she said has a lot of truth to it, that if it was any other 35-year-old man in this world, this story, there would not be so many defenders um, and wouldn't get a a free pass for this type of behavior, no matter what the situation was. Right. Even if it's not criminal and they're just literally sleeping in a bed and playing together, Mm. a a grown man would be stopped from doing that. You guys are roughly 35-year-old men. Can we we, uh, test this? theory can you guys talk to some of our friends with like 10 year old boys and go sleep over for a few nights and see uh, what happens nope nope mm. <laughs> don't like that idea <laughs> for science I mean, bros it's for do even science yeah. it's for science a test subject sure okay yeah sure <laughs> some of the names numbers of your 10 year old kids and no no <laughs> I'm not sleep over like, the same bed. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I can't even put yeah. my, my mindset into that. Like exactly. I'm going to come to your house and just be locked or go to your, your son's room. And we're just going to color or build pl- blocks or whatever. Like, Hey, I'm here to see Jordan. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's in his room. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> see you tomorrow. I'm I walk in, omelets. I walk in with my case of beer. 
because of course I'm going <laughs> to have beer at least. Like you know, oh, I got to have fun. Like I'm sorry, Jordan, but fucking building blocks with you is boring. I want to drink beer at least, and I'm going to like knock over your little tower you made. Sorry, that's how I play. See, I clearly don't have the, the mindset of a ten-year-old boy. You do not. Well, in the in the 2019 documentary we're going to talk about next week, like I was saying earlier, there's pictures of him like doing all these sleepovers in one of the guy's houses when the guy was a kid, and yet I, Michael's wearing like kids' PJs, like they look like a child's pajamas. It was like a onesie, it, and, kind and of, the butt yeah, flap and the dick flap open. <laughs> but I mean. It's that, the whole thing is so strange. Excuse me, excuse me. The butt flap and the the binky flap. The binky flap. <laughs> that, that's the whole thing. If you view yourself as a kid, then I don't think you view it through the prism of of molestation because you're not looking at yourself as an adult. You're looking at yourself as a as a peer, as another child. So I think there's there may be something to that. I, I I think we'll see next week. But then you also think that in Michael Jackson's innocence, he he just chose not to tell that information. Like even though he felt that it was right because he was a kid, he's not. He didn't give any hints to like, well, I have a crush on this person, or I like them, or I'm sweet on them. No, that's true. That's a voice, and I'm sure his attorney's got a hold of him after. You're not they're like see they're that. like motherfucker. Yeah, you yeah. Shut yeah. up. You right. don't care what you felt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think too. When there's an estate that you know, all those years after his death can make over eight hundred million dollars. There's probably a lot of people around him even back then that would be like, Hey, mm-hmm. you're going to shut the fuck up and we're going to come up with something to fix this. Yeah. The guy's a cash cow. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to turn a blind eye to whatever weird shit you're up to. Cause you're making us all very wealthy. Absolutely. Yeah. Money drives everything. So without a doubt, it's the moral of the story kids. Yeah. All right. Well, Dave, you got any final thoughts on Michael Jackson part one? So this will be a two part series. So everyone yeah. knows we'll wrap up the story next week. You got any final thoughts on this one? No, I, I think we're at a good spot here to go into next week. Ian, I know you've been really enjoying doing the research for this one. You got anything else to get off your chest for, for part one? Anything else you want to touch on? Nope. I'm good for this week. Okay. All right. Well, before we uh, close out and get to next week, we do have some Patreon uh, new patron shout outs. We have a good, God damn, that's a big list of people. Really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Thank you very much to Yo-Yo, Tracy Albright, Mackenzie Gray, Mayan O'Brien, Jordan Lane, Haley Markham, Grace Alexander, Michelle Buckner, John Lurcher, Eric Perez, Ivy Green, Susan King, Anne-Marie Cameron, Jack Wagon Express, Jordan, Matt Bell, Charlie Keem, Cole Hoxett, Good friend of the show, Ed from Pod Van Dam, Rachel Young, Stephen Conti, Brandon Hightower, Jessica Elder, Nathan, and Kiana Hawley. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Uh, signing up at the $5 tier gets you three bonus shows a month plus access to our Discord. At the $10 level, you get the three bonus shows a month, access to our Discord, and you get the Sunday episodes uh, released early, um, you know, a couple days before they actually go live to the uh, general public. So we appreciate all your support. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for I'm Mayo, Red Molly, 1134, C-Wab Pat, Kismet Sunshine, Jen Stinnett, and KT Wizzle. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews.
Really great reviews lately. I've been looking at some of those. Yeah. Holy shit. All right. Like, who are these guys talking about? That's not us. It's not us. Yeah. Um. <laughs> they must have went to the wrong page. Like, <laughs> this isn't us. Yeah, the I am I Maya one said we deserve an award. Well, that's true. I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> what are the uh, what are the what are the bad movie awards? The Razzies. Yeah, we can just have a podcast Razzie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one of those. I would, I would take that with honor. <laughs> All right. There is a podcast award, like awards, is like a uh, show, I guess. I don't know. I feel like we don't know a lot about the podcast world sometimes. We're just out here on our own. We're outsiders. I like it that way, Dave. Are they keeping us out? Is the man keeping hey. us down? That's why people love us now. And then as soon as we sign, sign with Spotify for $100 million, people are like, they're fucking sellouts. I remember when they were doing this in basements. Now they're fucking with Joe Rogan on Spotify. And be like, yeah, that's right, motherfucker. Money, 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 money. Money. I have this thought in my head that if we ever get to some point like that where we would be invited to a award show or some type of podcast convention like um i, I think there is what's convention the, what's the true crime what's the true crime one um crime con crime con like if we were invited something like that with a bunch of other respectable people we would 100 percent be the black sheep of that situation <laughs> and, and be probably the only people in there drinking heavily and that's not right. taking it serious. Well, as which some, I'm fine with. As yeah, someone absolutely. who shows up to every social function in a NASCAR shirt, a NASCAR hat, and a case of Miller Lite, <laughs> I am quite comfortable being the black sheep in most functions. We would be the only like pictured, con table that has like our own cooler of beer sitting behind us, and we're just drinking the whole time. I just picture rolling up into something like Crime Con, and the first thing we ask. Uh, Whoever let us in the door is like, hey, where can we go? Where's the bar at? Where can we go get some beers? Yeah, right. <laughs> or Ian's like, hey, where can I get my jewel refill? So do you guys sell that in the gift shop here at the hotel? Or do I like go somewhere? And then I, they're like, hey, you got to go to the gas station. And I'm like, oh, is it a Speedway? Because they have hot dogs. Can we get some hot dogs over here as well? <laughs> they're like, these fucking hillbillies. Who invited these assholes? <laughs> Come rolling back in with Speedway hot dogs, cigarettes, Miller Lite. And then I imagine us being like Spinal Tap. We can't find the conference room. We're like, rock and roll. Here we go. We end up like on the fifth floor, like at the pool. We can't get the fucking conference room. We're in the, we're in the boiler room asking the, the, the maintenance guy where to go. Uh, I can't wait for that. That'll be fun. Yeah, that's right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We really are the spinal tap of the podcast community. Uh, but even they had their run on top for a little while, so I'll take that. There you go. Dave, you got anything else? I do I do not. That was a, that was a lot. <laughs> All right. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Necronomapod, uh, patreon.com slash Necronomapod. And we also, over the last few days, we haven't put it all on the socials because it's been a lot, but we have uh, quite a few new uh, logos and some merch on Amazon. So that's amazon.com uh, and then search Necronomapod. We have a bunch of new uh, designs and um, everything's available. Uh, everything that you see up there is available in a hoodie, a pullover hoodie, a zip up hoodie, a long sleeve shirt, men's tanks, women's tanks. Men's t-shirts, women's t-shirts, and uh, like the high-quality t-shirts. So 
uh, go check it out. And there's multiple colors available too. So we love seeing you guys buy that merch. It's really cool. when we get pictures of uh, people wearing our merchandise and we're like, God damn, that's means a lot to us to see you guys wearing that stuff. That's pretty cool. So thank you very much. That's at amazon.com. And then just search Necronomapod. I'm waiting for the first day when I run across someone somewhere like out of town wearing a shirt. And you can just be like, oh, hey. What would you do? Be like, hey, I love that. That, that, that show's awesome. I don't know, because I'm the kind of person that would never approach someone like you that. You wouldn't? I, I would have to have beers in me. Oh, I would. I don't know. Maybe. Like, that show fucking blows. No, I'd probably creepily take a photo of them and then text it to you guys. and be like, look at this person. And then they're going to see me like, look at this motherfucker taking a photo of me. Oops. Well, thank you guys very much for listening. Part two next week. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.